Hola mujeres, bienvenidas a Courageous Mujer Podcast. I'm your host, Gladys Codines, and I am so excited and delighted to have with me today my guest, Avellanedad Allen. She is a senior in Lexington Public School Systems, daughter of Lorena and Keith Allen, but I'm super excited to have her here. Avellanedad has agreed to sit with me today to share her story and what she does and why I think she's a Courageous Mujer. So thank you so much, Abby, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. You're excited. So let's get started. We have, uh, we usually start with something joyful. So let's talk about something that's been happening. I know you've been busy. You know, I know it's summertime and people think, ah, oh, high school students are just at home playing video games, but that's not the case with you. Uh, share a little bit about what you have been up to or what's giving you joy right now. Okay, something I'm super excited that happened was I just got back a couple weeks ago from Mexico. I went on a mission trip with my church, and it was such an amazing opportunity. Um, I went last year, and a couple like it was mostly the same people that went again this year, and we did a lot. We built a house for a family. We uh, had a VBS, a vacation Bible school for a church that was there. And as one of the only Spanish speakers that went, I was put into a big role at, um, at VBS. I taught a lot and I was very, you know, I was very important, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. You um, had a role. You yeah, were yeah. a teacher and yeah. you were respected because as a teacher in, uh, you know, our our countries, teachers are very important individuals in our country. So then I can only imagine the role that you played when you went to go teach VBS. Yeah. And also a lot of the people, the ministry that we were working with, um, they, a lot of them... <laughs> mostly speak Spanish and they they speak English too but it's kind of like hard for them to like really hold a really long conversation you know and like it's just like the little words you know that they would like come up to me and the family that we built house for no English at all and so if anyone wanted to have a conversation they'd bring me and then they'd say okay can you translate and so I'd translate and I that was a really big thing that I did was I was a really big translator and as we were um as we were handing in the house, uh, the key to the house for them, um, we always gather in a circle, a really big circle, and a lot of people are there, a lot of people from their church, a lot of people from, um, well, all of the people from my church that went. So everyone is gathered there, and we pray for them, and we, uh, we talk like, okay, like, this is your home, you know, like, or this is your house and it's up to you to turn it into a home, you know? And so like we tell, like we just give them a bunch of information. And as they do, as we're doing that, I have to say that in Spanish for, so that they understand. And, um, and as we pray, I say it in Spanish so that they understand. And it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm young and like my mom speaks Spanish and my dad speaks English and Spanish too, but um, I mostly only speak Spanish at home because I mean I guess if I'm talking to my dad, then I'll speak English. But most if it's my family, us because I have an older brother, and 
if it's us four talking, we're all speaking Spanish because that's just how it is at my house. And so anyway, going to Mexico was such a joy in my life. I mean, it's something that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. I mean, it, potential like start of a like career, maybe like path that I can go into. Um, I mean, it's just like the spiritual high that I get from going and the the joy and like the kids faces um because at vbs we range from kids that are two years old to 13 years old and there's like 60 of them that come every single day and we provided them with every single every single kid that went to vbs we provide we they got there with like shoes that had holes in them a lot of them wore the same things every day because they just don't have enough clothes i guess and they just don't they can't shower they don't have showers at home and they just they're they're living like that you know and it's just so sad to see that and it's normal for them which is even scarier i mean like everyone everyone in that community is just super they're living a super super hard life and to witness that firsthand and to be a part of that for a long long week is just super eye-opening for me I mean I don't even realize how blessed I am to have every single thing that I have I mean even when I go to my part of Mexico where my mom is from um, I go to Chihuahua like a lot my I've this is my fourth time going to Mexico, but I didn't go to Chihuahua. I went to Baja California. and um, But when I do go to Chihuahua, where my mom is from, I mean, even there, it's just so much poverty. And it's just like the United States is so, so, I guess, like, modern compared to mexico i mean i haven't been to any other country but i assume like a lot of other countries are like that too and i just it's crazy to think that out of everywhere i could have been like out of everywhere that i could have lived i could have um i could be at right now like i'm right here you know i'm in lexington nebraska and it's great to look at that as a blessing or and it's great to look at it as something that you can reflect on and find joy in it right um i think it's very empowering that you saw how powerful but also how much responsibility you're carrying as a translator and interpreter when you're down there and helping with the prayers and helping with uh, the ceremonies of you know giving somebody their home and coming back and realizing hey you know they're still happy you know they were happy before you came and I can only imagine the joy that they had after you left, you know, because of all of the blessings that you gave to them as a group, as uh, individuals. And, you know, the other side of me, because I love construction, I just want to ask, <laughs> did you know how to build before? No, <laughs> I had no idea at all what I was doing. I mean, last year, uh, like, because last year we did like the same thing. So last year we built the very first part of the house. Uh, we built half of it. So and oh my gosh it's so tiny their house like the what we built last year was probably the size of like this setup and it's so sad because like we built it you know and like we turned it in and it was like like this is what they live in you know and it's so 
like there's no room for anything hardly you know like for them to sleep and for them to like i i don't know it's just so small and um and so we built first day we do concrete and the other there's half we split in half uh one team does concrete and the other team does walls and then day two we set up the walls and then um we put the walls up and then like like, i don't even know i I can't even tell (laughs) you you did something yeah (laughs) right and then then (laughs) you built it it's kind of like tiny homes you know it's a fad here but it's a real home for somebody over there yeah and i guess going as my second year it was a lot easier you know I kind of knew what I was going into and so um a lot most of the time that at the work site you would catch me uh with the little girl (laughs) that we're building that home for um she was so adorable I mean oh my gosh her name was um Alice and the very first day that we got there, like like always together, you know? And so she saw us and she said, Abby and Maya. And she ran up to us and she gave us the biggest hug. And like, we were just inseparable since. <laughs> I mean, like you'll always like, yeah, I helped build, but most of the time I would be playing with her. So <laughs> that's beautiful. And she remembered both of you, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, I'll confess, like, we had to, re- like, we couldn't even remember her name. Like, we were like, okay, what was her name? Like, was it this, this, you know? And then we, we, like, eventually got it, but like, it took us a while, you know, and for her to like see us and say, okay, Abby and Maya, you know, like remember us was like super like, like going on this trip was maybe only a part of us, but it was the whole world to them. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I know I saw some pictures, uh, Maya's mom posted them up. So I was very happy to see you there and doing some good work in Mexico. Um, so I'm just going to continue. We, I usually do like to do this part to make sure that everybody knows that they're welcome and courageous mujer. I'd like to ask your pronouns and your ethnic identity. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. And sometimes we say ella because we, you know, speak Spanish. And then my uh, ethnic identity, I go by Latina sometimes. And then I am Guatemalan. So I was born in Guatemala uh, and then immigrated when I was seven. So I also consider myself an immigrant. So those are my identities that I go um, go by. If you, you're willing to share yours. Yeah, um, I am half Mexican, half white. And I'm a she, her, hers. Might I say how beautiful you are? I want to, if it's okay with you, shout out that as a Latina, right? You're Mexican-American. You have blonde hair, you're light skin, and you have beautiful light eyes. Um, I just want to, I just want to point that out because the stereotype, right, is that you're not Mexican, what do you mean you know (laughs) like you don't look Mexican so what do you mean I hope it's okay for me to point that out because I want to make sure that everybody understands we come in all shades and colors and it is 100% okay for us to look different and still consider ourselves Latinas or Mexican-American and show our identity and be proud of it so 
I hope that's all right that yeah. I tap into that. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's funny when I go to Mexico, um, like everyone looks at my family because my dad looks white, my brother redhead, like my mom, she's wet at too. So I guess my light skin, you know, but, um, and so we'll go to Mexico, you know, and we're like five. Yeah, it's in like the Norte because Chihuahua. But um, like we're five hours from El Paso down south to into Chihuahua. And so um, like we're just kind of like where there's not very many. There's like no tourists, you know, so it's like mostly just Mexican, you know. And so like seeing white people is just super different yeah and so um so everyone stares at my family they're like what are they doing <laughs> you know and um so I mean like I think it's I think it's cool because a lot of times like if I'm somewhere you know like where like if I go to a baile or a quinceanera and like you know I, and then I go start dancing like Norteñas or like whatever. And I just start dancing and people are like, who is this girl? You know, like, who is this white girl? And I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I guess if you know me, like, you know that like I'm more, I feel like I, I show like my Mexican culture more than I guess my American culture, you could say. And so, yeah, but it is funny too. Cause like, you wouldn't think I speak Spanish and like if I walk into a room where it's full of Spanish speakers um <clears throat> people would be speaking Spanish and then they start talking about me and they think I don't know <laughs> and then I know and it's like uh like you know and I just think it's kind of funny <laughs> Well, you got to catch them, you know, especially when they're talking about you. But I w I'm just I just want to make sure that we talk about that because where we come light, we come dark, you know, and it's OK. And we can speak Spanish and we don't speak Spanish, but we still identify as Latinos as, or our origin or our country of origin. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. But let's talk a little bit about your childhood then as a Mexican-American born in, in Lexington. I was. Yeah. Born in Kearney. Born in Kearney. So let's talk a little bit about you living here in Lexington, being born in Kearney, being Mexican-American. How was your childhood? Uh, we heard a lot that your mom talked Spanish a lot in your in your house. So shout out to your mom because she kept that in your culture and part of you. So, I mean, growing up, it was my older brother who's two years older than me. I mean, we grew up as best friends. I mean... The other day, my dad was showing me pictures, like a photo album of my brother and I and just like our family when we're when I was really young. And like my brother and I were just inseparable. I mean, we still are like normally you think that like siblings fight a lot, you know, like punch each other, yell at each other. But my brother and I are just the opposite. We are best friends. I mean, like we tell each other every single thing. Um where we hang out all the time you know we would do such funny things you know <laughs> like when we were little um we'd play a lot of games together I mean we were just we were always together and even as like now as a high schooler last year um last year he was a senior I was a sophomore and um 
and I would hang out with his friends. He'd hang out with my friends. And so we were just besties. And um, my mom speaks English. Um, she understands it, but she doesn't really say like we don't talking i've never spoke english to my mom i think it's weird um for me it's just different i just don't speak english to my mom but um with my dad i'll speak english but um as a family we as a unit we speak spanish and so um it's always been like that growing up and so um i'm used to it and i forget that i do forget that i don't look hispanic i guess like there's no look to like being like that but I mean I just I forget that I I kind of like don't really necessarily fit in you know and um I mean I don't really care but like I guess I just forget that um I am different you know and I love it to be honest because I mean like for Thanksgiving we always go to my dad's side of the family and um like for Christmas it's always my mom's side of the family and it's just a crazy crazy party you know big family crazy and then with my dad's side it's just like relaxed and it's just like a good time and it's more chill and with my mom it's like mama's on like it's puro corriendo you know everywhere and I mean it's still it's so fun but it's so cool to um I feel so blessed to be a part of two different cultures, not just one. And to experience that is just, it's so good. I think that's awesome because, uh, you know, in our family, our unit currently, Chris is African-American and I'm Guatemalan. So our kiddos are Afro-Latinos. And I've shared this before in this podcast. And, you know, we've struggled with maintaining the Spanish language. I, I'm very honest. Our kiddos don't speak Spanish as much as I as people would hope that they would speak Spanish. Um, so shout out to your mom. It's not easy to be able to raise a bilingual kid currently in this state of, you know, uh, figuring out what's best for your kids and trying to make sure that they're okay. So um, that's very exciting that you all kept the language and the culture within your, uh, within your family unit. Yeah. And um, going to Brian also, Brian Elementary, both my brother and I um, helped us a lot. And even now at the at middle school level, I stayed in Spanish classes, high school, Spanish. I mean, this year I'm going into Spanish five honors um, through UNK. And so, I mean, like writing, reading and all that in Spanish is like, I guess, a super good skill that personally I do have and I'm happy to have. Yes. Yes. And uh, the school system has helped you then with that because Lexington Public School System does have a bilingual program and that's from elementary to high school then. And then you were able to take advantage of that. So, yay, because <laughs> it has helped you. I mean, even just with your first story sharing with us, you know, how much it has helped you make an impact on other people's lives and becoming that strong liaison or strong person uh, between cultures and being able to help communicate between them. So, again. Shout out to you and your mom and your family. Uh, it's not easy. So I'm very happy that you all have maintained that. Um, let's talk then a little bit. Of, we, talk, we talked a little bit about middle school and how my daughter is currently in middle school. How is that? How is middle school nowadays? Because um, <laughs> Chris and I struggle with social media a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I'm just trying to figure out what to do with my kids in social media. But I'm wondering how you liked middle school. What, de- you know, what developed in middle school? What helped you out? Uh, what are some things in, or barriers that you overcame during that time? I feel like middle school is what shaped me into who I am. Um, having my dad as a teacher at the middle school, he was such a big role model for me during that time. And I feel like going into middle school was really the time where I gained my my spiritual self and where I really, okay, like, um, like I am a child of God. And that's who I identify, I identify myself as, you know? And I mean, I was in circle of friends as a middle schooler it's kind of a group of people and um there's a lot of people and then we so there's a group of people who are like social and outgoing you know and then they um and then we meet with kids who are more on the spectrum and who might not um have social outings outside of school or maybe struggle a little bit with that and so we meet for lunch and I'm still in it and at the high school and I love it and we meet for lunch and then we go on outings at the movie theater or we do things for Valentine's Day or things like that you know and I guess I got into that my sixth grade year and like that helped me a lot with reaching out if I if I saw this was me as middle school if I saw somebody sitting by themselves I I would go and sit with them and I'd I'd probably invite someone and I'd say hey, let's go sit with them you know like I don't why are they sitting alone and um as I work at the middle school for summer school you know um I see middle schoolers daily and I just think like and it's just I see a difference in middle schoolers but maybe it's just because I'm older and I have a different perspective so maybe not but I mean I think that one thing that is super important that middle schoolers need to know is like the importance of trying new things. And as you go to high school, I think it's, you'll try a lot of new things. You'll meet new friends, you know, but middle school is really about just the experience. I mean, like, but trying new things is hard. And change is hard. So how do you overcome that? Because you already said, I go up to people and I talk to them. And like for an introvert, uh, such as myself, it's really hard to go up to strangers. So new experiences are hard. And how do you how do you get out of that square? How do you get out of that circle? And you're like, I'm just going to do it and try it. What what gives you that? oomph? I just don't know that perspective of like an introvert. But if I think that like someone who wants to you know but is super scared just remember that like it probably won't even matter like the next week you know and like the only thing that you're like you're you're only gaining something from it you're not you're not losing anything ever and um and honestly like I made so many mistakes I I I make so many mistakes but as a middle schooler especially I mean I was super I was so weird and like I still am so weird and I love that about myself and um but I think ex- expressing that and like 
saying, you know what, I'm, I'm different and that's what, and I like it, you know, I'm not like everyone else. And so I think everyone's saying that because nobody is the same. No one is the same. And for an introvert to go out, out of their shell and try new things, it takes a lot. I know that. You know, even as an adult, what you just said plays, you know, into us because we are all, we call ourselves a weird family. We're all different. Um, Esperanza is very much an extrovert and loves her world and she's loud and proud. And then Canon is very much to himself, but he'll talk to you about what he really loves, you know, which is Legos and games. And then Chris loves anime and he loves, you know, all of this that we're currently surrounded by. And I'm very much into social justice and leadership and, uh, you know, reading and maybe even cocooning with myself for a little bit. So we're all different, but we have always talked to each other and embraced ourselves. You know, like you are who you are, love who you are and own it. And that's what you're saying, which I really, truly love. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, and just to talk a little bit about middle school, my experience the person that was my impact uh, was Patricia Sanchez Stewart. Uh, you know her because yeah. your best oh, yeah. friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my best friend's mom. Yeah, yeah, your best friend's mom. So Patricia Stewart, for me, was my uh, leader or my mentor or the person that I saw in middle school. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. She looks like me. She's trying to make me, you know, do better. I mean, I wasn't. If we were, if we can talk about mistakes, you know, I, yeah. I can tell you mistakes, <laughs> but Patricia was always there and she always saw the good in me. So then she brought me along for the ride, you know, like I was part of 4-H and I did peer mediation. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, um, but we, and then we started organizations together when I was in school throughout, but that was like years ago. <laughs> So, um, and we, you know, and I know that she's still making an impact in the middle school oh, yeah. here in Lexington. Oh, yeah. Oh, she is. Oh, my gosh. I could go on days and days talking so much about her. I mean, the th the hours she puts in and, like, the the passion she has for her program is just, it's so amazing. So we move past middle school, right? You're still owning yourself. You're now you're going to be a senior. And this is how I met you. You came to our studio space uh, for junior junior day or career junior career summit. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's how we met. And then we introduced the idea of a podcast lab. You joined us for that. And, you know, nobody wants to say only one person showed up. But only one person showed up and that person was you and you showed up every day. And to me, that was that spoke so much about your character. That spoke so much about you as a person. I mean, I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it, but you had the courage to come every day. You were in it to win it, you know, like you were in it from day one and then you didn't leave until it was over. So I am beyond I don't know what I can tell your parents you know <laughs> the, other than congratulations for having such an awesome daughter because you you showed up and you did it and you, just like you mentioned right now about middle school uh, that's what you're doing in life you know you're showing up you're you're doing it you're yoloing I don't know if that's a thing <laughs> what is that I don't know YOLO oh YOLOing oh YOLOing okay. yeah, you yeah. get it see I'm an adult now I can't do it anymore <laughs> so how is high school for you where are you where are you at in life I think after middle school I kind of went 
like I was on a like eighth grade I was on a I think I was on a high you know like I was on a I was doing pretty good I was super happy and then I hit high school and I just my life turned around and <laughs> went downhill super fast and there's no one to blame except for myself for that and um I think that I made some I surrounded myself with people I shouldn't have and I I I made a lot of mistakes I mean like I just I I tried to change my who I was to fit in and f- to get people to like me which is the biggest mistake I have ever made in my whole entire life I mean like I just look back and I'm like why why did I do that I mean why why did I want people why did I want people to see me as somebody who I'm not you know and that's just how I was I want I cared so much about what people thought about me I mean I was so not like that in middle school and then I just hit high school and it's just everything changed for me and I don't know I, I don't know if it was like the pressure if it was like the like the people that were there I guess I was just so used to kind of being like Like I knew a lot of people, you know, and then at the high school, it's just kind of like I was just kind of at the bottom and I felt that way. And like I kind of wanted to I wanted people to see me as like, I don't even know. I it was it was it was a hard time my freshman year and then quarantine came and I struggled so much in, during quarantine. I hated it. I just I look at my freshman year and I just think, can I get a redo, <laughs> you know, and but as that summer went, um, I got closer to my old friends again, um, and I gained, um, I was starting to get closer to God again, because I completely lost that relationship, and I lost a lot of my really close relationships, I lost my best friend, I lost, I lost a lot of people that were very important to me, and, um, and I gained that back, uh, my sophomore year and I was doing better and I was getting back to um, finding myself and who I was. Um, I I changed a lot, couple things about myself. I did basketball my freshman year and I didn't like it. I absolutely hated basketball. Um, so I tried out for the cheer team and I made it and that was such um, a joy for me as a high schooler and then um, I I was a cheerleader and then I stopped um, I stopped really trying super hard for others to like me and I just kind of started doing my thing you know and um, I guess it just kind of came naturally I guess I was super tired of uh, trying so hard to be honest I mean and so as the year went on, um, the more it went on, the better it got. Um, I am in a lot of honors classes and college classes this junior year that I had. And so, um, sophomore year was super easy. (laughs) It was so easy, the easiest year. And, um, and then summer was super fun going into my junior year. Um, I helped 
yeah, so my sophomore year, I helped um, every Wednesday night at my church with uh, Awadas, which is like the youth group. Um, and I loved it. And I joined, I joined a lot of different things, um, groups and more extracurricular activities. And I guess I started doing things for myself and not for other people, which I struggled with a lot. I kind of just, it was always about everyone else, which is really good, you know, but like not in that good way. (laughs) And so, um, uh, focusing more on, okay, what do I, what do I, what do I like? And then, um, so my junior year, starting my junior year, I was going in and I was like super motivated for school. I was like, okay, I'm going to work really hard. This is going to be a really challenging year. I know it's going to be super hard. And that's exactly what it was. (laughs) It was so hard this year. Um, but I was happier. I mean, I was happy. I have, uh, I had a lot more friends and I was, um, being me, you know, and I was, I mean, I was doing my thing, you know, and I hit downhill again. I mean, I was doing really good. And then my abuelita died and that hit me really hard. I mean, it was just so I, I guess I kind of just kind of everything that was going good for me. I just kind of turned around for me and kind of started coping with it better. And I, um, turn to good things not to the bad things and so come my junior year I was super motivated as I was saying and I worked really hard I worked my butt off um with every single assignment that I had every single um like the little things I guess I would I would do the little things you know and um and I worked super hard I changed I used to play volleyball I did volleyball my my freshman and my sophomore year and I liked it I loved volleyball but I just I wanted a change I don't know and so I changed to softball and so I did that my the fall of my junior year and I gained a lot of new friendships um and so more change for me and I guess change is really good for me um I've noticed without throughout my life that change is something that Um, can either go super good for me or super bad for me and um, but when it does go super good for me I kind of sticks with me and so um, yeah softball helps me a lot the friendships I got the fall of my junior year um, I was so happy and then um, come winter time I was doing cheer and um, I was super happy and then um come January I just hit rock bottom again I mean my life was just super don't show that side of me that I struggle with you know like the side where like I just am just so struggling I mean I don't even know what to how to say that I mean I was just super I was struggling mentally I was I felt very pressured and honestly it was from school I just I had so much to do I was so stressed with all of the homework that I had all of the activities I had to do all of the things I had to remember the small things soccer season 
I mean, it was just along with my social life, you know, like going out with my friends, you know, and having maintaining like those friendships and maintaining a relationship with God throughout all of it and doing all the things I do outside of school and then plus working and it was just so much for my mind and um as soon as soccer season came I kind of it just started going up again I guess my life was super it was going good I guess soccer just changes it helps my mind so much I mean my mental health I mean you find the things that bring you genuine happiness and those are the things that you need to stick with and soccer just does that for me I guess um and I appreciate your honesty you know because I don't know a lot of a lot of times and I think we experienced it right I experienced it in high school the pressure the constant, okay, you have to have activities, your resume's got to look good, you got to do a job, you got to pay for your activities, you have to do, you know, you have to be with your friends, you have to be good with your parents, and all of that pressure, I remember it, but I don't know if people take that into consideration anymore, you know, for young adults, as you all are maneuvering through college, uh, through college, through high school, and trying to uh, just survive, you know, like just trying to make it through the day to be able to make it to your next class, to finish the homework that you need to do, to finish uh, practice and go to, you know, your game at the end of the week um, and then still hang out with your friends and then still be a good person, you know, at the end of the day. And I appreciate your honesty of that pressure that you felt because it's a real pressure that not only you feel, but a whole bunch of your probably classmates feel at different times, you know? Um, so finding that joy in those activities that you're sharing with us, uh, that that's really helpful. I want to ask you, what has, in addition to those sports, is there anything else that has grounded you that has said, okay, I got, I got to get out of this space. You know, um, grief is really hard. You mentioned your loss of your grandma. So I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, and unfortunately has happened a lot recently with COVID, a lot of our families have uh, have seen loss. And that has been hard for people to, um, it's not even saying get out of grief or of losing somebody because you're always feeling them, you know. Uh, I know I always feel my grandma's spirit with me when I do certain things. So what has helped you stay grounded Grounded and how? What do you suggest for people to to do? You know, because I know talking, musica for me is a big one. Uh, now I garden. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know where that came from. I think it's my grandma. So, uh, so, so what has helped you get out of the, those faces? Because it's a wave. It almost feels like a wave, right? That you're going up oh, and yeah. down and mm-hmm. feeling pressure, and and then you're like, okay, I see the light, and then you go back down. So, what has helped you come back out? Um my friendships I mean I have one best friend and I feel like she's just been there through every single thing that has happened whether or not we're whether or not we've even been friends during that time or not I mean she's just always there and um if if you don't have that if you don't have a best friend which not everyone does you know so it's like up to you you know you just have to remember that it's it's the circle of life, you know, it's a part of, of life. Um, 
and honestly just remembering that um distraction almost it's just it'll it'll pass i mean like raining days don't last forever and there's always a rainbow after so i mean just remembering that is also key so thank you for sharing that so let's let's move forward i everybody wants to know what do you want to be when you grow up because that's the million dollar question (laughs) (laughs) and you don't have to answer it in this podcast so there you go (laughs) because i don't want to put that pressure on you but i think what gives you joy like what like looking at your future uh senior year lots of pressure just within itself saying that you know but also some joy of finding your future self you know like what do you see anything for yourself at this moment are you like one day at a time gladys give me some space or do you see something that brings you joy and you want to pursue it or maybe even tap into it well one thing that i know well okay let me start go way back to elementary school and we'd have those like dresses the career you want to be a day you know i would always be um something different i mean you ask me every single day, like someone will ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? It'll change every single day. I mean, like for a really long time, I wanted to be a mechanic. And for another really long time, I wanted to be a teacher. And then I was really stuck on being like a, a therapist or um, a psychologist. And I will I changed from that because I saw a movie about it and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like after watching a movie and, um, and now I think right now at the point I'm in, if this second of this day, I think I'm looking into broadcasting. Um, I really like, um, speaking I love talking I mean I don't even know now I kind of want to say ministry I mean I want to go and I want to travel I love traveling um I love doing that I love meeting new people I love change and um so like doing something like doing missionary work as a job I would love and um And I mean, kids bring me so much joy, the so much joy. And I know that for sure, as I'm as as I get older, you know, as life goes on, I'll always be a part of some sort of youth program. I'll always help with something youth. I mean, I love being around kids. I love I love all of that. And I mean, classroom may not be like the setting for me I think can get super bossy sometimes and like I like it (laughs) it's fun but to do that for the rest of my life is just not my dad and a lot of other people tell me you need to be a teacher you need to do you need to be a teacher and like I would love it you know but also I just the whole time I would thinking what else could I be doing right now you know and so I think I'm going to just explore that first. And another thing also, now that now that I think, I really wanted to go into cosmetics, like cosmetology and doing nails, doing hair, makeup. I find it so fun. It's I, I love doing that. I mean, like just like getting ready and choosing clothes, like picking out outfits, you know, it's so fun. 
Um, I'm not really good at it, but I love it. <laughs> and you know? yes, and I love the different faces, right? Like you don't have to stick to one. And I'm so sorry, Mr. Allen, you know, like <laughs> you don't have to. Life will be all about learning what fits you and what what gets you, you know, and I've shared this with you already. And I, I don't think I've shared this part. I initially went to college for education. <gasps> so I was supposed to be a high school teacher. And then I think third year in, um, I took political science classes and I just fell in love. Like it was, it was a professor. He was really good at teaching things that were important to me because he taught me about Guatemalan history and, you know, everything that happened during this very important time in my family's uh, time frame or time. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to say that. History. He taught me some important things about Guatemalan history and that I didn't know that affected my family at the time. And um, it just it just caught my eye. And I've been very much passionate in the political science field, hence, you know, social activism, racial justice, and just really being part of that. But I have walked so many pieces in my life, you know, like I've been a domestic violence advocate, I've been a child protective services advocate, I've been a college career counselor, so I can definitely walk you through that, you know, if you wanted me to. Uh, and now I'm here as a host of a podcast, you know, uh, being an executive director with my husband, doing a nonprofit media company. So life, you know, as long as you find joy in what you do. And I remember when you said that feeling that, um, at, at a time you said I had that feeling that I didn't even feel like I was working when you shared a little bit about what you were doing during summer school uh, working at the middle school I I love that feeling you know because this is me working and but I get to talk to you and I get to learn about you and your story and where you're headed um, potentially right because <laughs> we don't know where, where we're all headed and just and this is work for me and I love it and I I feel joyful when we share stories of other individuals and all individuals that are uh, really helping our communities. So you'll find, you'll find your path, Avianidad, <laughs> and it'll be beautiful. So thank you for sharing the very different ideas of what you think, you know, the future holds, because you don't know, you know? <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. Yes. I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about what we do. So we, we talk, our organization, our hope is to be able to reach young adults your age. And I think a lot of people that work in nonprofits and in school systems, and a lot of my friends that listen to this podcast would want to like pick your brain and be like, oh, what can we do? You know, so if you allow me to just pick your brain for a little while and just say, how can Chris and I, or how can United by Culture Media, or how can an adult ally, like a, a person that truly wants to help and give service to young adults, what do you think we can do to help you all? Because there's so much going on in this world. You know, um, there's a lot of bad, but there's also a lot of good. And I want to, we want to pass on the mic to you all. We want for you to succeed, right? So how do we, how do we help you? How do we be part of your journey and support you throughout?
is just like sticking you know like staying like staying being there you know like all the time like like not not in like a way that like is like you know like being best friends but like being like a like like this week next week the week after that the week after that this month next month next year you know like not just like doing that like the one time and then bye you know and I feel like that's a big problem with a lot of people my age um the abandonment and the um just everyone leaving all the time and I think it damages a lot of um mental health and um and I think that's what really causes people to um I don't know how to say that um like attack I guess or defend I guess um being there just being there being somebody that someone can count on is super big um I'm so blessed that I have there's so many people in my life that I know I can go to and I can I can tell them you know that's not my family because my family's always there and I mean a lot of people don't have that but um so for people who don't and who for people who need that um like it's hard you know to go to do that and it's scary I can imagine you know like I've seen all the movies you know like parents like what do we do with these teenagers you know but like just being there and being kind and being supportive that's so big um my dad and my mom um they're like the biggest supportive system I have no matter what I do no matter um what it is they're always going to be there for me um like my dad uh we always talk about like what I'm going to do when I grow up you know and he says um yeah like you should be a teacher you know like I think that's where that's where you belong you know and I say oh like I don't think so and he's like but it doesn't matter like wherever you choose no matter what you do we will always support you and that like saying that to a someone my age is just wow for someone to say to us it's a it's it's okay like you can do whatever you want to do you know like for us to choose um it's 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 super like it's big on us and it means so much that's huge abby and the reason why i say that's huge is because honestly i never i thought of it you know like being persistent consistent being present i thought of that being a need but I don't know if I, 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 on our list of things, you know, because we got to write things that we're going to do as a nonprofit being the thing, you know what I'm saying? And Chris and I have talked a lot about, okay, so how do we become more present? How do we be there, you know, um, in places where you see us and you understand this is our goal and uh, be consistent and persistent and letting you know that you're powerful beyond anything, you know, as an individual, as, as a young person um, and owning your voice and really, you know, moving forward and understanding how powerful you are and being confident in yourself. I mean, like I can just keep going, like trying to hype somebody up, um, but being consistent and being present, I can take that and I and we can do that, you know, and, and it's something that we need then need to figure out how to do it. Um, but I also think I want to I want to expand that for not just Chris and I, but what I'm hearing and or seeing. And correct me if I'm wrong. 
but there's a lot of transition in the school systems in regards to teachers. So at this moment, what you all may be experiencing is not consistency in regards to those adults that are in your life, um, in addition to home life, right? Because in our community, both you and I live in Lexington, we have a high quote unquote homeless rate or we have a high uh, rate of individuals maybe having a dad and not a mom or a mom and not a dad um, in their life to be able to support them. So am I right in saying that there is a high transition within yeah. the lives of your classmates? Yeah. I mean, I look at um, people in my class and I think if you did like a survey or whatever and you said, okay, raise your hand if your parents are divorced, I think it'd be rare to see people who with like a family that they've had the whole, their whole lives, you know? And, um, and my dad's parents were divorced and, um, like he always talks to me about how, like how, how hard it was for him. You know, I just can't imagine, I can't imagine what that's like. And, um, again, I'm so blessed to live the life I do. So blessed, but, um, to see, um, people and to see how they act differently when it comes to, like, when I teach at the middle school, uh, we had to, we had a parent meeting and I had to sit and like, it's, it's hard. Like, what do I say? Do I say parent? Do I say guardians? Like, do I say, you know, like, I don't know. And it's kind of awkward. Like, um, you need to give this to whoever is in your, you know, like I, I, it's, it's, I don't know what to say. And, um, it's sad that, um, that that's, that's how life is, you know? And, but yeah, I mean, throughout everyone in Lexington, I think, um, abandonment is so, it's a big deal. And I think it's not looked at enough. And I think there's so many people in, that I see that I'm like, they just need, like, they need attention, they need help, you know, and it's like, wow, like, I just, sometimes I wish that I could, like, do something about it, you know, but, like, like, honestly, like, I don't, like, what do I do, you know, like, and I think there's a lot of people like me that see that, and they think as well, like, okay, like, what do I do, though, you know, like, what actions do we take, you know, like, it's a different thing to be, like, feel sympathy for them than like being compassionate and like doing something about it and um and like I just don't know but yeah and I don't know if we'll have the answer today right and <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll have the answer tomorrow but I can definitely say we'll look into it and we'll try and um because if that's what you're seeing and that's what you're feeling and that's what's happening uh, one of the biggest things that Chris and I are trying to do or United by Culture Media is trying to do is really help out our, our young adults. And uh, again, just finding the power in their voice. And if they feel alone, you know, it's going to be a hard thing to do. So thank you for sharing that again with me and letting me pick your brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not what you signed up for. <laughs> no, it's fine. But I think it's important. You know, we we have we always talk about Oh, we're helping our youth. Oh, we're doing this for our youth. But 
if we don't talk to you all, if we don't have these conversations, then we're never going to know, you know, and I know there's good intention, intended people listening to our conversation. And I, I'm going to guarantee a lot of them didn't see this coming, you know, like didn't see this conversation coming. So I appreciate your honesty. Yes. So let's just finish it out with um, Courageous Mujer Avellanedad. What would you tell somebody? And you've already shared some gems here and there. But what would you share with someone that's struggling? Maybe they're on their low, right? Maybe they're hitting some rock bottom and they're trying to get out of that. What would you share with them to help them try to see the light, find their their peace or find their grounding so then they can come out of that? Um, any inspirational words for them? Yes, I think <clears throat> find the thing that when you're doing, you don't think about anything else except for that and do that. Find whatever it is that's making you happy, whatever it is that's giving you that distraction from life, and do that. I think the one thing that everyone should do is something that makes them happy. Like, who cares if if you're not making money? Who cares if you're not um, cool, if you're not popular, if you're not... Okay, just focus on whatever it is that's making you happy. And if you haven't found that, find it find it and find your passion and do it and that's going to help that's what's going to get you out of it i love that because we go back to your elementary school years and you getting out of your shell and going up to somebody and saying saying hi so it's the same thing we went full circle thank you thank you i can i got it i can say it Thank you so much for joining me today uh, on Courageous Mohead Podcast. I appreciate your honesty, uh, your authenticity, and your joy and your passion and all of the heart that you bring every time that I talk to you. So I appreciate you uh, and everybody that's listening to today's podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find us on Apple and Spotify, all the Facebooks, all the Instas. <laughs> you can find us anywhere and everywhere. Uh, thank you for joining us. Adios.